for the beats, for the love, for the alcohol, for the party. <laughs> One time like, okay. <laughs> Letting the kick ride, letting the snare roll, letting the bottle pour, cups in the airflow. Love what you hear though, everything black. Feel like the beat is everything, well then everything's back. <laughs> letting the speakers blast, letting the beats run. Word to the crate digging, word to machine drums. Get used to it as we proceed. <laughs> black radio for the lover, just the beat. Everything is black, everything is black, everything is black, yeah, everything is black. The kick gone knock, the snare gone crack, and everything is black, everything is black. Everything is black, everything is black, everything is black, yeah, everything is black. The bottle gone pour, the speakers gone crack, and everything is black, everything is black, everything is black. Hey, <laughs> we never did an intro like that before. <laughs> Guys, welcome to another episode of Blap Chat. I am your host, Ilmine. This is episode, what is it, Josh? 116. 116. I'm here with my amazing co-hosts. The girl, Perfection. You already know. Yes, yes sir. Hey, buddy. That's hey, buddy. That's hey. Just hey, buddy. Tonight. Just hey, buddy. <laughs> what up, hey, Atlas the Plug? Atlas the Plug is nice here. To see everyone uh, today. Glam, glam couldn't make it today. We missed Glam, so our other co host, but uh, we're here, man. Blab Chat episode 116, mm. right? Uh, so we're here, man. Uh, welcome to the show. This is. Uh, an all music production, music business, just music talk in general mm-hmm. podcast. Um, I'm your host, Ill Mind, and we're back, man. Um, it's it's great to be back. How do you guys it feel? Is. It's oh. been a while. You guys. It's yeah. I miss you guys. It's been, yeah, I feel like we do these like <laughs> once or twice a month. Yeah, because of. Everybody's time so everyone we're doing Travis. things and and you know and and first of all shout to our listeners our mm-hmm. subscribers our fans um, we really appreciate you guys tuning in every time we do this um you know doing it every week is is tough you know especially mm-hmm. when we're doing all these things obviously there's no excuses we're not making excuses but we really just appreciate you guys that um find our podcast and content helpful mm-hmm. um so shout to all of our creators you know what i mean shout to the producers the artists engineers or just regular fans who are interested in this stuff man shout out to you guys so if you're listening to this you're watching make sure you hit that subscribe button hit that repost button um you know whether you're at work or the job or school or at the gym whatever shout to you man um so yeah man we're gonna jump into this uh before we start though a lot has happened since our last episode mm-hmm. i feel like just so much has happened this year we're just talking about that right, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. so much so much has happened um but uh we want to fill you in on some you know recent Things happening. First of all, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, rest in peace to uh, Pop Smoke. Yes. We weren't able to give him his flowers on the last episode because that was a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. But um, very unfortunate. I don't want to jump too deep into it, but, you know, definitely rest in peace. He he was like definitely one of those uh, artists that was like ready to ready yeah. to like really take off. Mm-hmm. And, and really good. just like he had Brooklyn, man, like yeah. on his back. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So um, rest in peace, Pop Smoke. Um, your legacy is definitely going to continue on, man, and we're going to keep bumping that that fire music that you dropped yeah. while you were alive. So, um, shout to Pop, shout, and you know, twenty twenty has been really an interesting year. 
<laughs> we were just having this conversation. Yeah, I, feel right. like, I, know. I feel like they, it's been a whole year. Like right. January yeah. and February have yeah. been so long. So much has happened. So much has happened. And like we're right around the corner with the elections. Like it's crazy. Mm-hmm. It, we have 10 more months of this to come. We got 10 more months. You know what I mean? <laughs> the good news is that, and you know, I always want to um, mention this, you know, to you guys during my episodes, but. Um, lab sessions i gotta you know i gotta let fill you in i have i have a surprise for you guys so um basically you know if, if you're listening to this uh, you pretty much know what Blab Sessions is, but if you don't at this point, um, basically what I've been doing is every month I've been visiting new cities, um, you know, two or three new cities every month, and I basically book uh, a secret studio location in that city, and I have about 20 to 30 upcoming music creators invited to the studio. We vibe out, player music, network with each other, answer questions, give you guys constructive criticism, all that stuff. And it's really been an amazing thing. I've been doing it for like three years. And uh, I have something special that uh, I want to announce uh, for these Blab sessions. So from now on, moving forward, every Blab session that I do, um, I'm going to choose one person during that Blab session who I think is, in my personal opinion, my favorite producer or creator of that night. And I'm basically going to award them with uh, this custom-made, you can you can pan in, custom medallion. brass medallion award uh, that says Certified Blab Got On It. So it's chaining day. <laughs> Fire. Every Blab session, we're going to chain you up. Uh, one one person who I feel like is my favorite creator of that night. Uh, I'm going to basically chain you on the spot and hit you off with uh, a brass medallion. Um, the one It's basically a duplicate of the custom one that I have mm. on right now. So it's 24 karat. Yours is, yeah. Um, bling, bling. 24 karat. Yeah, so I had to get that done. But, that uh, looks heavy. It's, it's a little, you know, it's, it's not too heavy, honestly. But uh, yeah, man. So like, I'm really excited to do this, man. Like, and I told this little quick story on my Instagram about how like when I was a kid, I never I never won any awards. I was never good at anything. Like sports, I was trash. Um, spelling bees, essay, whatever, like tests, whatever. Like perfect attendance. Like I never got any awards when I was a kid. Uh, you know, track and field, none of that stuff. Uh, and so, you know, as as a full grown man, adult, uh, one day I was just like, you know what, fuck it, man. I'm going to make my own award. There I'm going to award myself. Yeah. So I got one, I got this made, this little uh, pendant, certified black god. And now I want to, you know, transfer that energy to you guys. Um, and, you know, hopefully that inspires, you know, the creators out there and you know hopefully you 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 know fuck with the design too so um so yeah man if you want one of these man just come to my blab session um i actually just announced some brand new dates um so really quickly uh in march which is uh we're in march now so basically march i'm doing miami orlando and new york city in april i'm coming to new orleans houston and austin in may uh, i'll be in minneapolis Milwaukee, Chicago, and then I added two new dates in New York City for May, uh, May 26th and May 27th. We're doing New York twice. And then in June, I added Paris, France, mm. Mm. June 1st. And then I'm doing uh, London twice, Berlin. We just added another date, so we're going to do two in Berlin. And then unfortunately, uh, Milan, Italy, I had to postpone because of this 
fucking coronavirus travel restriction stuff mm. so unfortunately milan italy is out for now but uh we're, we're working really hard to try to add that to the second half of the year um so yeah man uh if you're a creator and you want to pull up to my blab session um and potentially get one of these brass chains too um pull up man and uh i'll see you there so Who's what getting you, the chain? Who's getting the chain? We'll see. We'll see. We shall see. <laughs> you got to bring that heat. You got to bring, bring that, that heat. Fire. No craps. Bring no craps. You got to bring that fire. Uh, what do you guys have going on? At, we'll start with you. You have a couple of events oh, coming. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, what am I doing? What am I doing? So, yeah, I'm going to uh, March 13th. March 13th, I'll be in Raleigh, North Carolina. Nice. Um, doing a uh, showcase out there for... Uh, if you're an artist, it's, you know, uh, it's like an artist showcase, artists, producers. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, then, uh, what else am I doing through then I'm doing two, two weeks out from there. I'm going to be in Atlanta. Nice. Um, going to go see a few people out there, a few sessions. Then, nice. uh, what am I doing? The 15th Sunday, New York, um, comedy show. Uh, at Drum, if you're here for that. Sick. Wait, wait, when? When is that? That's the 15th, March of 15th. March 15th? That's nice. a Sunday at Drum. Okay. Uh, but yeah, but for all that, just uh, go to Atlas the Plug, and you see all my stuff on there. Nice. Um, yeah, man. It's been... Just trying to go somewhere every month. I mean, we were just talking about yeah. this. Like, every month, you know, now with this coronavirus, you know, I'm kind of, you know... Look, yeah, you know, just yeah, just just rock the lights off, the dual action lights off. Cover out the logo, but you know, <laughs> we're not. But uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, man. So every month, I'm just trying to get out there to different studios, different uh, venues, and just you know, yeah, uh, just meet some new peeps. Yeah, know? gotta move around and meet them. Perfection. What about you? You got? I know you have a million things going on right yeah. now. Moving. Um, as far as traveling, I'm gonna be in Atlanta at the end of the month. In Fire. L. A. Um, You're going to LA at the end of March. After after Atlanta, after Atlanta, um, maybe the beginning of April. Nice. Trying to work on some stuff out there yep. for Coachella. Um, nice. So I was just trying to solidify nice. that now, but um, tickets just, for all of us. Blackjack, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, it's uh, a dinner. Yeah. Um, and just been in the studio, really locked yeah. in, nice. working on records. Mm -hmm. I got a couple people tracking to some shit, so amazing. There's a lot of dope stuff dropping this year. Amazing! I'm there excited about a um, couple cool placements. Love it. Um, Love it. I did a panel today, which was dope. Nice. It was a woman, woman in entertainment panel at Five Towns College. Shout to Five Towns. I love Five great. Towns. Are, awesome. They're doing a lot more. Yeah. Events. I love yep. it. So that was really exciting. Mm -hmm. You know, I like to continue to give knowledge, yeah. you know, to people mm -hmm. that are looking for opportunity or yep. don't necessarily have the resources. Because I was actually talking to one of the um, faculty members. She, I forgot what department she works at, but we were having that conversation <clears throat> where they're doing that more often now mm -hmm. and how important it is. And she said she realized with people going to the school, doing these things, how much they want to just give back. Yeah. How much like people at a higher level just want to give back. And I told her that, you know, that's that's free, yeah. you know, and, mm -hmm. and everyone has been at that place also yeah. where they wanted to learn or were trying to figure it out. Yeah. Um. So giving back, you know, by just speaking is... Mm -hmm. It's so valuable and yeah. it doesn't cost anything really. So it was great to do that, you know, especially for Women's History Month. Yeah, you know, exactly. I love it. Entertainment. Obviously. I love it. And it also feels good to give back. Right. Like, yeah. I, you know, us doing this podcast, mm -hmm. it like it feels good. I think, it, you know, it, it kind of uh, satisfies 
both parties mm-hmm. like you know I'll put myself like you know just from my perspective like when I do blab sessions or when I do appearances and stuff um, when I went to Five Towns and I spoke to them um, as I well I actually saw one of our blab um one of our black listeners there today. Yeah. He stopped me. Fire. He said he went to your yeah to your thing. Yeah, um, but it's cool because like when you have knowledge that you've like you know learned from your own experience, it feels good to mm-hmm. to give that knowledge. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like also in a way it's it's funny because it's kind of selfish in a way because it's like you you feel good about like knowing something, mm-hmm. so you want to share that information. And I think it's just like having that satisfaction of like sharing the information that you've acquired and like knowing that that info can change someone's life is like very valuable. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure. Yeah. It yes, especially, especially if you didn't have it, you know, like right. coming up, yeah. you know, I, mm-hmm. I, I always say that to people too. It's like, you know, coming up, like uh, I do the uh, video consultations, like yep. the private video consultations. I'm getting hit up all the time to do it. And if I have time, I'll do it. You know what I mean? Um, I'd like to do it more, you know, but when I do it, it I just feel so good yeah. afterwards. And then they always ask me, they're like, wow, you're taking your time to come talk to me. And I'll be like, the reason why I love doing this is I didn't have anything like this, yeah. you know, coming up. I had no music relationships, zero when I started mm-hmm. in, in this music game. So to have someone who's kind of been around, who's been through a lot to, to just give like, no, it just, it, it doesn't make it, it doesn't make it, uh, uh, faster for you to get to where you're going but it's just you take that knowledge and then you run with it and you yeah. sky's the limit yeah. it's interesting because I thought that to myself earlier where I you know coming up in my career I've mm-hmm. kind of got put on in an unorthodox way like it was yeah. just my hustle and right place right time connecting with the right people you know and I definitely had and have mentors along the way yeah. but I think at the age of like some college students I wasn't even thinking about any of this you know I didn't have any of this figured out I was just hustling and working Mm -hmm. you know and when I did get more into it and my hustle became what helped me you know develop relationships and working hard a lot of people don't have those unorthodox ways of Mm -hmm. of things happening to Mm -hmm. them like you know i can meet somebody in the studio today that can help me get a placement. Everyone doesn't have that access or those resources. Mm -hmm. So just trying to show them the way, you know, that they can make things happen around, even around that, Mm -hmm. you know, like what can you do if you don't have too many resources? Mm -hmm. What's the best thing you can do? What can you control? And it's true because then you get into the cycle of doing that every day, like you're saying, like just keep working and working and then things start uh, happening and manifesting and you don't even see it, but it's actually happening. And it's the kind of thing you, when you look back in five years, you go, holy shit, I, I was killing it. Like, yeah. uh, But you were just so into the moment. You know what I'm saying? That's why when you, when really successful people, when they say, if you had one piece of advice to give, and then they say, oh, I don't want to sound cliche, yeah. but I would say just keep working and don't give up. It's crazy because the keep working, don't give up thing and, and associating that with being cliche, it's so fascinating to me because... Yeah. One plus one is always going to equal two. Exactly. And if you if 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 you mm-hmm. keep hearing that from successful people over and over and over again, it's probably true. Right. You yep. know. Yep. Um. Mm-hmm. It's so interesting. So I was uh, listening to this podcast, and um, it was funny because I was listening to it, and then I was I was uh, reading this article about uh, you know, the idea of like how people say stay positive and you know we talk about that a lot on the podcast Mm -hmm. and how it's just so easy for us to 
be negative, right? Being negative is very easy to do. Mm-hmm. It's a lot harder to be positive. And also, right. um, being positive carries this like negative, not negative connotation, but like people look at put, look at it like, oh, well, like, how can I be positive when like X, Y, and Z is happening? You know, mm-hmm. like, well, how can I be positive when like my cat just died? Or how can I be mm-hmm. positive when like I'm broke? You know what I mean? Which is true, yeah. which is very difficult. Mm. And so there's this sort of uh, uh, concept, there's this idea, which I think is so genius and fascinating. And it's this idea of um, neutrality and, and, and the neutral zone. And the neutral zone is very interesting. So when you think about, you know, positive and negative, right? Positive is moving forward. Negative is moving backward. Now, picture a car, right? And you're driving a car. Let's say you're driving in reverse. Well, a car that's in reverse mode cannot drive forward, right? And in order for you to drive forward while you're in reverse is you have to go, you have to stop the car, go to neutral, then go to drive, and then you move forward, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So it's really difficult to take someone who's in a negative space to go from negative to positive. You have to Mm -hmm. go from negative, and then you have to sort of enter this neutral Mm -hmm. zone first. Right. And then from there, you can determine, all right, I can move forward and be positive, or Mm -hmm. I'm going to keep doing the same thing and go backwards and stay negative. Right. And I just think that's really, really powerful and very important to know Mm -hmm. because people that are in this like negative zone, uh, it's hard for them to be positive because they just, they need a starting point. Mm -hmm. You need to, you need to pump the brakes. Mm and stop for a second and be in that neutral zone first. And then from there you can determine, all right, I need to change my, um, you know, I need to switch up my uh, thinking and the stuff that I'm doing and I need to change what I'm doing in order for me to change my future. Mm-hmm. You know, cause if you keep doing the same thing over and over, you're not neutral. And that you're takes you're, a you're lot still in the of, negative zone. That takes a lot of time, though, for yeah, people to realize that and come out of that zone mm-hmm. because a lot of people are in denial, mm-hmm. you know? So. Exactly. All right. So um, we uh, we have a very, very special guest. Uh, mm-hmm. the, it's qu- so coincidental because the past, uh, Preach, you can bring that in if you want. The past uh, few weeks, <laughs> or I would say a few days now, um, there's been a lot of chit chatter on the internet about the music business and uh, specifically about uh, music production and getting paid on time being a music producer being a songwriter um, stuff like that and uh, the timing couldn't be more perfect Um, you know a lot of stuff people are talking about um, has some to do with the business and legal stuff about it and you know what? What are what are sort of the legal implement? You know the legal, um, you know, things in terms of like getting paid and stuff like that. And um, we have a really special guest here. Um, he is an attorney. Um, he does many things, and we're going to dig in. <laughs> we want to pick your brain on your perspective on this. Uh, let's give a warm welcome to uh, my man Carl Folks in yep. the building. Let's go! Let's go! Let's go! Welcome to Black. So who better uh, than to talk to an actual attorney about the legal stuff with this? Right. So first of all, how you doing, man? Welcome to the show. I'm good. I'm good, yo. It's uh, I've been getting a lot of texts about like the Megan Thee Stallion situation. Just, yeah, like, I bet. <laughs> everyone like, yo, what's here. Your, let's let's get the mic. Yeah, everyone's so like, good. what's your what's your thoughts on it? 
Yeah. So it's, so your phone's been probably blowing up. Blowing up. Yeah. yeah. Um, before we jump into that, because I want to talk about that situation, uh, I want to you know dig into the music producer side of things, For sure. stuff like that. But um, you know, tell people a little bit about like uh, what you do right now and like some of the stuff that you've you know you've done in the past year, a few years. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, right now, you know, uh, I'm an entertainment attorney, obviously, mm-hmm. but. Also teach at the university level. I teach Amazing. at Drexel in Philly. I teach music publishing. So I mean, you know, not, not more important than that exactly. in the producer space. Uh, but I also teach like hip hop evolution uh, at a college down on the southern part of New Jersey, right nice. near Camden. It's called Rowan University. Uh, so we're just you know teaching at the university level, building out my own curriculum. Uh, Amazing. And then you know, the, just a lot of clients. I would say the past seven months have just been. Uh, just uh, just getting to that 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 bigger level of client that yeah. I always wanted, so it's just been an exciting time. Amazing. And yeah. in terms of your clients, um, what kind of clients do you represent? Uh, artists. I mean, well, you know, it's funny. I I have that. I, I remember Combat Jack used to talk about it a lot. Shout and out now, to I, Combat yeah, Jack. Yeah, yeah, Reggie. Oh, yeah, so he used much. to talk about how his practice was very fluid in the sense that he represented producers. Then he represent the publisher, right? Yep. Then he represent, you know, record labels, indie labels. Then he represent the artists. So me, the same way, I've, you know, management companies that I, I represent out in LA that are that are that are that are pretty big clients. And mm-hmm. then, you know, then I represent artists on the other end. So, uh, and then producers. I would say probably sixty percent of my practice is music music producers for sure. Love it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Um. So man, you fit right into this wheelhouse, mm-hmm. man. Right. Love it. Yeah. Facts. So. Let's start with this Meg situation. Um, first of all, we'll clear the air. I'm pretty sure all of us here um, are in support of Meg. We love Meg. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, obviously she's an amazing artist. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of talk about her her contract and all this stuff. But I really just want to start with just getting right to the meat and potatoes of it, which is you sign a contract. And there's certain terms on this contract and you put your signature on it. Regardless of if that contract was a good contract, a fair contract or a bad contract, I'm pretty sure that you're, you're liable and responsible for everything in that contract. Right. So, you know, what's your opinion on, the stance that she's taken, which is let me go public on this. Let me get the the public's sort of opinion, maybe on my side to kind of alter potentially how this can go from a legal standpoint. What's your opinion on this initially? I, I mean, I, I thought it was a, a very good chess move mm-hmm. on, on her part. Um, yeah. It's funny. I, you kind of start off by saying, I'm, you're, you know, we're all kind of in support. I don't know. I'm kind of like in the middle. Let's talk about yeah. it. Uh, or, you know, if you anything. Both sides. Yeah. Kinda. So I'm kind of like, mm-hmm. yo, yeah, I've, well, seen, I've well, seen a lot of artists. Like, yeah. Like you think about when she signed that deal, you know, she was she didn't have any fans. She didn't have mm-hmm. anything really. How many years ago was this that she There's signed only a that couple. deal? There, there's a debate whether it's she was when she was 20 or whether she was 23. But how you know, long ago? Was I think that? those are like, details. I, don't uh, know her age. I think she's 25 now. Okay. So, so like two or three years. Two or three yeah. years. Latest five years ago. Yeah. Um, and, what, yeah. By the way, just to clear, when I said support Megan, I meant like we hope the best tap for mm-hmm. her. Like we hope it works out for her. Yeah. But in terms of what she actually did. 
50 50 yeah i mean like honestly she's she's definitely finessing uh and and doing her thing i guess from like she hired a legal team and you know they're she's getting her music out so yeah uh she's she's attacking yeah she's she's definitely attacking the situation which Mm -hmm. i completely respect Mm -hmm. right um but i just think it's like um i've been seeing a lot of articles that are like you know this is a win for for all recording artists everywhere and um i'm just not sure that's true i mean you know if if you sign a contract that's not advantageous to you and then three years later when you know you've made all your money or you've you've got pretty popping all of a sudden is there going to be court precedent that Mm -hmm. says um you know you you can leave now (laughs) you can can leave if those terms were you're not advantageous to you like it's it's a production deal right you know what production deal is good yeah. yeah, I've never seen a production deal that like I was like, yo, I want you to sign this. Like, no, there's times yeah. where it's like, yo, I mean, there goes that guy who has a proven track record of yeah. helping people, and you know, you don't really got nothing else right. going for you. So exactly, and that's where yeah. that's mm-hmm. kind of the other side of it too, right? Where you start to kind of have those conversations where, okay, when you were starting up, you didn't really have funds, you didn't really have a team, so this kind of positioned you to level up in a sense so in that in that kind of situation the other side does have more leverage because they're investing more right you know but Mm -hmm. i guess it's a matter of how much leverage what are the terms yeah and i don't know it's just it's really interesting like you said you don't think it's a win i think the the biggest win is the knowledge like now you guys know that you got to read your fucking contracts did she have entertainment lawyer did she have anyone look at it or did she just sign it because she was cool with the you know they thought they were all love and family (laughs) and all that so so it's funny man some of my tweets like you know i'll tweet them out and i know other lawyers probably are are kind of upset but i'll be like you know i don't know why (laughs) y'all keep using lawyers that they give to you like that makes no sense Mm -hmm. like at all Right, because yeah. they're working in their favor, not exactly. necessarily it, yours. It's like, come on, and then you know, on on your come up, like in 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 any of your professions, like it's like you probably do things that you know you either regret or you know aren't as honorable as as you want. So it's like I've been in positions where yeah. uh, I might have been that attorney, and I either either had to turn it down or I had to like really. Uh, you know, look myself in the soul. So it's like, yeah. no, I, I, it, I, you need your own attorney for sure. It's so interesting because I put myself in both of their shoes. Put myself mm-hmm. in her shoes, the artist shoes. I won't. We won't even say Megan, just in general, because right. this she's not the only artist right. that's been through this. And we talk about this all the time. So you put put myself in the artist shoes. Put myself in the management company shoes. So when I think, okay, put myself in the management company shoes. I find a new artist. She has a thousand Twitter followers, Instagram followers. I think she's very talented. I feel like I could make her into a star. I give her some bread. I I, I present a contract that's, you know, version 1.0 is lopsided towards my favor. Mm-hmm. Right. Always. I'm an idiot if it isn't. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She signs it. We're all good, right? She agrees to the terms, assuming she had her lawyer, all that. After three years, I successfully, you know, get her on the main stage she's blown up she's got you know 1.5 million followers everything's great now she turns around and says hey appreciate your help i'm bigger than you now i'd like to move on do you really expect me to just say yes and be okay with that this is like this has happened so it, much it's so it's like, very you and know it also happens you know with artists and managers yeah. producers and artists where some some artists just go to the bigger <clears throat> the bigger guy yeah and you know i don't i don't think uzi's contract ever came out but you know 
it's a very similar and he signed a Rock Nation management which is, makes it very eerie and, and, right. and similar but right. and <laughs> there was a Jay Prince post and you know I'm, I'm not but afraid I mean, of nobody but yeah. Jay, Jay Prince starts talking I'm like alright yeah. <laughs> yeah he started talking about how you know Rock Nation management had like a history of this and uh, sort of getting involved and meddling with mm-hmm. and it's like it, look is that I, wrong though yeah no I, I and I agree it's like um you know, it just, it, it just happened before. This is something that, like, continuously happened. I think this yeah. is, I think the reason why this is getting so much attention is I don't think it's ever gotten this far and been on the conscious right. yeah. of, like, you know, all social media platforms. Mm-hmm. So it's it's very hot right now. But do you it's look at that as a pro or a con, for instance, a company like Rock Nation, um, to be kind of a part of that process with the artist? Because you have to think about it. If let's say artists did sign a shitty deal, you know, with someone, if there's someone coming to the table and saying, yo, you signed a shitty deal, like well, you can I do think, better. I think what we have, to, I think what we have to think about is what is considered a shitty deal. I think right. for most people, too. a shitty deal is a deal where they don't get everything they want. And if an artist got everything they want, it would look like this. <laughs> Give me a million dollars. I want to keep all ownership of my songs. Mm-hmm. You don't know you don't get any percentage of my my music or my to- tours or my merch. Right. So that being said, to, in your opinion, Carl, what is uh, how important is compromise in the music business? Mm-hmm. Because compromise is everything. I understand... Uh, leverage you know certain if you more leverage you have there's maybe more things you can ask for or more more things that you have leverage on but in terms of compromise there is no perfect contract so mm-hmm. as an attorney how does compromise you know come into play with with this yeah i mean i would say like just in general especially being a minority we, the way we approach business is super adversarial and like right. super uh, yeah, so a lot of my clients are usually like, oh, man, like, you know, that's crazy. I don't even want to do this. Anymore. It's like, mm-hmm. bro, like, that is not the way it works. Yeah. So we're just trying to get people's acumen and sort of, because when you embrace it, you know, compromise and negotiation becomes a lot easier mm-hmm. and uh, less contentious because when that when that paper gets signed, a lot of times the damage that was done in that negotiation process comes out you know, in that first year or so, because right. like mm-hmm. everyone's sort of like still reeling from that negotiation. Yeah. Um. So I think just the way most musicians, um, especially minority musicians, uh, musicians sort of approach with that sort of super skeptical, like, and you got to be skeptical, but yeah. mm-hmm. it just it's a very it's a position that's dangerous because. Yeah. Um, you know, at the end of the day, they're your partner once you sign that deal. Exactly. It's a partnership. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Let's shift this conversation to the music producers, obviously, right? So uh, another topic of conversation this week has been um, the uh, whether <laughs> or not to send stems. the stems, the, the stems convo. So let's let's talk about that for a second. So as a as a music producer, let's give it, let's start a scenario. I'm a brand new music producer, maybe been grinding for like three, four years. Um, finally got my beats into the hands of a major artist, someone that I really want to work with, someone that I think will change my life. They are interested in a beat that I um, that they heard from me. And they are they hit me up, maybe their manager and A&R, uh, they hit me up and they say, hey, we want to use this beat. The artist loves it. Um, but we need the stems 
in order to record this song. Now, as an upcoming producer with no manager, no attorney, this is your first time dealing, even potentially getting a major um, placement. What would be sort of the proper or the best thing to do in that scenario? Do you give the stems up and and uh, give up your leverage? Or do you say, hey, um, I can't really give you the stems right now. I, I haven't signed anything. Um, if you you know present some type of agreement, then maybe I can give you stems, blah, blah, blah. How does that play out in your mind? Um, yeah, I mean, if you don't have any representation, uh, and it's a major label placement, I'd be like, one, you, you should probably, as soon as the major label placement happens, like, definitely get an attorney. That's mm-hmm. how, that's how I, would, I would say first. But, I mean, if you didn't, this happened, but they try to call me after, and I have to clean it up, mm-hmm. and it's usually, like, just it's too late. It's like, bro, we got to move on to the next beat. Like, right. you signed away your points, or, like, you signed away, mm-hmm. like, there's just, or you're publishing, why is there, like, a, why are you getting 30% publishing and there's no one else? And there's like a sequencer. Right. Getting 20 right. Or 15 so they would it. sign it and then go to you and f- to try to fix. So, well, yeah, they'll sign <clears throat> two or three. I mean, this happens like clockwork. Like mm-hmm. they'll sign like two or three. I guess they think they probably can't afford me or something like that. So right. they don't want to like call me or, you know, waste my time. So they'll get like two or three. And then like the fourth one might be a little bigger or they're trying to maybe like a company, like create music group. Like we'll send them like a small pub contract and they're like, okay, now's the time to call an attorney. And then I'll be like, all right, yeah, let's, <laughs> let's look back at your, your contracts. Yeah. And, um, you know, a lot of these kids are like turning 18 like, yeah. like or maybe just turn 18. And, um, it's, it, I, I would say send your stems though. Cause it's like, you get the opportunity. Right. Yeah, you yeah. can figure well, that out. We later. all, we all took L's too. It's right. like, yeah. you know, I've done yeah. work for free. Like, yeah. and didn't really reap any benefits. Like, mm-hmm. You know, I, we've all done work for free, so you got to send your stems. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. we're all we are we are all in agreement with that. Yeah. We talk about that on this podcast, the, yeah. the stems thing. I mean, I recently I, I spoke about this last episode. I think it was last episode where the artist asked me for the stems, and I sent it immediately because we were texting and yeah. we were going back and forth on the beat. Like he said, "Yo, speed it up." All right, try this, try that. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "I want to record to this right now. Send it." And for me. Why would I say no? Like, I mean, I could sit there and yeah. say, nah, man, um, let's talk about like what I'm getting first, you know, yeah, like, no. let me send you an agreement. And yeah. that just fucks up the, it, whole, it, the vibe. whole vibe. You, you gotta, won't trust me. Yeah. I mean, and then you gotta like, <laughs> for lack of better, you gotta know your body. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. I could, I couldn't imagine like me going outside, like even if I found some, like, you know, just yeah. be like, oh, was, we turning up, like mm-hmm. I'm getting an attorney or. Uh, Jay Princeton or I don't know right. what's yeah. happening right like so you gotta know know your body like mm-hmm. yeah and, and I think also especially if you're a new producer um, you know and, and you're about to work with a big artist like it's more valuable to try to create like a positive relationship, relationship. Yeah. with mm-hmm. the people you're dealing with because I mean the, you, you, you don't really have the leverage to right. say, hey, I want paperwork, or so it, it's definitely a slippery slope, yeah, right? The Artist to producer is tough, though, right? Yeah, yeah. It's just like anyone doing direct a business, it's it, it's tough. Like that's why I'm always just like, once you get to that point where you're like, you know, working with bigger artists, like you know, you should just kind of be working and then you know contacting each other's yeah. representatives and you know yeah. going back and forth and that's the yeah. thing mm-hmm. like you can you can speak on a creative level with the artist, right? Because mm-hmm. I find it easier to text the artist or call the artist and be like yo I got some shit for you mm-hmm. let me send it to you versus having to reach the manager and email the manager beats and then they don't 
You know, like mm-hmm. as artists to producer creatives, it's easier to develop that relationship. But you also have to know when to say, okay, your manager's contact or whoever, so right. we can start talking about agreements and, and terms. Right. Yeah, you know, right. because w- once you start talking like that to the artist, they're like, man, look, I can't fuck with you. Like, I'm just trying nice. to make music. Yeah, so exactly. you have to know really how to how to maneuver that situation. And it's like, we all, like, yeah, when, again, back to it, it's like we all are going to take some L's. I'm sure yeah. y'all, you know, everybody here mm-hmm. is done stuff for free and then get compensated to quote the great Seth Godin who's one of my idols when people fail this is like I'm butchering the quote but basically what it says is like when most people fail they think it's a failure and um, you know when people win they think it's a win but really what happens is when you fail failure is the thing that happens right before the win right mm-hmm. so you know you can't win until you fail until first you know. it's, it's the failure is the requirement to get to the w mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. you need to it's 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 would make sense to maneuver in such a way where if you do come across a failure like something like this an l you know that the win is about mm-hmm. to happen for sure very soon and yeah. i think a lot of people maneuver <clears throat> i want your opinion on this too you know people maneuver in a way where they're just looking for wins and they don't want these l's right and so just from your standpoint with the different people you represent you know what 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 is your counseling sort of look like you know when you when you um represent like upcoming producers or artists like do you kind of shed light on stuff like that like when you're negotiating on their behalf yeah i mean i had a, <clears throat> i just did, did a deal with uh columbia for one of my artists and mm-hmm. you know i've been with him kind of for like he's a young philly kid anyone knows where camden is right across the bridge so mm-hmm. philly is like my backyard yeah um and i remember <laughs> the first time him his manager came to my office you know they don't got too many streams like you know he's like yo i want a distro deal uh 50 50 on my masters you know i'm gonna partnership 100, you know and then yeah. like bro you're like okay yeah but like i'm i'm not gonna say i'm blunt or mean but like i'm as honest you as be you realistic. Not, but i'm like honest in a sense like yeah. bro like you, you have to be realistic 500k streams yeah. like you sound yeah. crazy mm-hmm. um and you know, it, it was just that honesty early in the process, I think, with them, with somebody who was, like, there and they trusted. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when when the bigger deals came, I think there was more of just a sense that, like... You had his back. Yeah, he, I had his back. And, like, you know, we should... You you have to take risks, like, mm-hmm. or you're not going to you're not going to win. So like, and I also try to explain to like not not too many people got have a great first deal, mm-hmm. like, especially if you're an artist, like you know you when you probably sign that record deal, it's, you're you're giving and taking on some stuff that like you know that that's just just the reality mm-hmm. of it. You might have more option periods than you want, yeah. so you know it might be a one album deal with three options, essentially making a four album deal. Um, and that's and that's a lot, right? Yeah. Um, Again, the compromise yeah. thing yeah. we we're talking about, and also right. leverage. Yeah. Like, what mm-hmm. leverage do you have to even negotiate such terms? You know, yep. that yeah. matters. <laughs> I, I, I still like I, I'm cool, right? Lawyers are dope, right? But like, how much does it really matter? What's like, the work like? Yeah, like how much does it really matter? I only mm-hmm. can do so much. Um, there's a there's a point. Like, if, if it's Drake, I mean, I, I, I'm excited. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go. Like, we got one. Like, yeah. we all about to do the biggest deal anyone's ever seen. No. Um, there's a couple others like that. You know, the kid Arizona, uh, Zervas. Like, mm-hmm. I wasn't, that wasn't my deal, but, 
you know, he was able to like just come in there. He had a record that was number one on Spotify uh, off DistroKid. So, mm. you know, he was able to like come in there and yeah, just beat people in, I want head. this, I want this, I yeah. want this. Yeah. What would make you turn away like a Happens all the time. Uh, happened today. I mean, even something I might have made a lot of money off of. Mm. Um, I mean, I, I, it, it, I, I'm Does like, it, how much of it is personal? Like, uh, oh, do I want to deal with this person? The personality, like yeah. the vibe. Do you take that into account? Well, yeah, me personally, just because I'm a young black kid in, uh, you know, where I'm from, you know, the area is like, you know, it, it's been tougher and tougher for me for me to work with like kids holding guns and videos, right. like yeah, 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 stuff like so. Yeah. It, especially because I'm I'm 27 years yeah. old. I think I seen yeah. you tweet something. You were like, "This ain't it." Yeah, I mean, yeah. I've had rappers come to my office, like in Philly. Philly's just a whole different. It's a whole animal, yeah. Yeah, just, that's the street of the streets, like yeah. in the country. So it's like I had an artist come in and like fight, like his man, like you know, kind of start fighting in the office. I didn't know what was going to happen, and then it yeah. was just that kind of was like the first day. I was like, yo, that I'm probably what did I sign up for. I called one of my boys, the manager out in LA. I'm like, dude, send me your like Asian pop clients. Yeah, I need let's get some of that K-pop in there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, it happens all the time. Like, or if it's a situation where it's like a production deal, for example, like where I'll have, like, I have some friends, like, you know, they have a history of just, they running it up. Like they yeah. sign somebody early to a production deal and then, you know, they use their connections and plugs and they run it up. It's, a, it's like a three, three month window and, you know, they start production deal, they, but mm-hmm. they know what they're doing. So I feel, sometimes I feel less bad about those. Cause I'm like, oh, you're signing to someone who's a track record and right. there, there is some give or take. Like that person definitely got you mm-hmm. 400, 500 K more dollars than you, you would have seen if you, they discovered you on your own. Mm-hmm. Right. So there has to be some, some understanding there, but I, I turn down a lot and yeah. I, I turn down a lot. Wow. Interesting. Um, so if you are an artist or a producer and you come across that first deal on your table and you don't have an attorney, what would be your advice in terms of finding an attorney? You know, is there websites? Do you go on Instagram? Do you do hashtag searches? Do you call people? What's your advice on that? Shit, I can't even tell you, to be yeah. honest with that's you. That's the tough one, right? That's, mean, that's the million dollar question that yeah. everyone's trying to figure out. I started like on the culture side. Like, you know, I've been mm-hmm. doing music adjacent stuff and music stuff since I was like 18. So right. it's like, you know, I came up with the New York kids, like, you know, when I, I went to college at St. John's. Nice. So a lot of the A&Rs, a lot of the people like that, mm-hmm. like, I, uh, <laughs> you know, we used to party. We used yeah. To, so you've um, had those relationships. So I've had those, those relationships. <clears throat> um, and, and that sort of just got me sort of in the music community, you know, at a younger age. So, like, usually a lot of times, um, you know, a, a person might know about me just through that. And then, mm-hmm. you know, obviously Twitter. But like a lot of the inter- internet attorneys aren't really in the game though. Right. Like, they're just talking. Yeah. They're just talking. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think I find it weird. Yeah. That shit. Yeah. What is, is it uh what do you call those? Um uh, we were just talking about. We this. had a whole episode uh, on this. Entertainment uh, lawyer influencers. Yeah, oh, man. The fucking <laughs> entertainment inf- lawyer influencers. Yeah, hit me up <laughs> influencerllcesq.com. Uh, a lot, a lot of them aren't in the game, and that's just the reality of yeah. it. So, um, it's different. It's hard. Yeah. It's not trustworthy. Some of them. Yeah, but then you go to the other guys, and it's like a very. Uh, other guys or girls you go to yeah. a, you know it's a very archaic system yeah. mm-hmm. like it's so interesting Instagram because there's very very powerful attorneys mm-hmm. and just music industry people in general and you go to the Instagram 
and they like have 10 followers they have 350 <laughs> followers yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and they just look like and they don't have anything in their bio yeah, four yeah. Like, but, <laughs> but a lot of them are shifting that though yeah, like, yeah, yeah they because are. that no, brings they you are. business but I, I, I think know a lot of people like doing big deals or like who are legends who are like who are like yeah like yeah. they're online like you yeah. know we follow each other we tap in yeah. so um Instagram is cool. I think I think it's you get business. it from Instagram. Like I think you got you got to do your own. These yeah. kids should know how to like uh, see who's following each other, see who's putting yeah. comments on people's photos and stuff like that yeah. to see if someone's like really in a game. Like exactly. Right. Yeah. That's true. But what's your yeah. opinion on Legal Zoom? Should someone go to LegalZoom.com and be like, hey, can you help me with this uh, with this uh, Drake contract here? Nah, that's, that's no, crazy. No, please don't do that. Yeah. LegalZoom. Do not do that. I would say like you, and no. another thing too is like you almost have to only be a music lawyer. Yeah. Like not even do. just like an entertainment or an art lawyer. Like, you know, I almost have to take that out of my bio and just say music lawyer just because yeah. it's like the nuances of it are changing every day mm-hmm. and I, I'd even say this like you know even attorneys who have 40 years of experience like the game shifted 10 years ago mm-hmm. and it shifted vastly you know a couple years ago and it just keeps technology driven so it's like you know I think even more so now and this isn't like you know putting anything on myself mm-hmm. but it's like I would probably want a younger attorney now uh, for most of my stuff um, but I, I get the advantage of going to an older attorney during deal time just because a lot of the label heads and, you know, it took me a couple go arounds to understand like, yo, it is it is like a relationship game. Mm-hmm. I've seen yeah. like a some, someone run run a deal up that, you know, if I was involved, like we would have got a great deal. But, yeah. you know, someone else came in and kind right. of just ran it up a little bit. Yeah. So, yeah. Let, let me let me ask you something that is sort of a misconception to people that haven't experienced this yet. But basically there's this idea that attorneys sort of know each other or they know about each other. So <clears throat> let's say you are that same producer in that position. Uh, they were talking about earlier, you get this major label placement and then this big artist attorney is sort of waiting for a response. And then you say, Hey guys, I've CC'd my attorney, blah, 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 blah. Now, I'm assuming that the first thing that the other attorney is going to do is say, okay, who the fuck is this attorney? Right. And they're going to look them up maybe, maybe look them up on LinkedIn, see a call around. Does, is that kind of thing happen, you think, in the in the I attorney do. world? I you mean, do, right? Every time. So it's like, all right, let me do some research right. on who I'm who, you know, who negotiating I'm, against. It's so sm- If you're like in the game, though, it's really, 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 really small. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like there's not too many I haven't seen right. at this juncture, but... Yeah, every time I don't know someone, they have like a fairly big client or pretty big client. I'm like, what the hell is going on here? Where are you from? Where are you from? Yeah, right. yeah, like I mean, some t- especially like the southern attorneys. Like, there's some in Florida that are like, all right, just out of nowhere, they got they got big clients. Yeah, like, all right, cool. Aside yeah. from you helping your clients, you also do interesting things like moderate panels with right. producers or producer managers. So. Right. How did you start doing that? Yeah, I mean, producer grind is the homies. Like, you know, I do I do their legal work. Uh, that kind of nice. that's I love to produce. I love those guys. Yeah. So yeah. we 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 um we did a couple of town halls, and you know, we're going to do a couple more in, in mm-hmm. LA later in the year. Um, so that was just sort of I went on their podcast maybe a year ago, like basically a year ago today, and mm-hmm. we were just we kind of just talked about it there, and we just started executing and just trying to. And we got Sunny involved, and mm-hmm. yeah, Sunny's crazy. So. Sonny was Sonny was with the with the shits. He was he was going to yeah. say anything and everything. 
Um, so yeah, we just started like bringing bringing awareness. So I feel like a year after the fact, and guys like you've been doing this, you know, for a super like you know, for a super long time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, I'm, it's funny because you can see the consciousness starting to raise right. yeah. uh, amongst the internet yeah. and the music business community sure. that like producers are getting get screwed. screwed over. Yeah, yeah. yeah. People- it's an awareness thing, though. I do the panels and you know all that stuff because it's like we're not gonna be able to do much until like the other side knows there's a problem. Yes, right? like. Mm-hmm. It, amidst the problem amidst right. the problem yes. knows and like <laughs> exactly. feels it but a lot and of people cri- know the problem they just don't want to admit it right. because they also, have to yeah. make changes yeah it's just I, I don't think they of, care like, they and don't right. care and it's no just business as usual right. and you're not feeling it there's really no re- there's still to this day like cool I'm gonna uh, you know I advocate yada 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 there's only so much stuff I can do what are you gonna take the record down right. I always say that right. mm-hmm. like that's almost like well, bro at some point Either we're gonna take the record down or we're not, yeah. and we just got, or we just got to keep like banging on the door for payment. Right. Like that's yeah. really kind of what it comes down to. I seen a tweet yesterday because of this whole conversation with, um, you know, I'm not sending stems unless I yeah. get paid. <laughs> yeah. Um, and somebody made a comment where I was like, "Yo, that's so fucking true." Where producers are the last people to really get. Yeah, what they deserve. Like everybody gets paid in the process, and the producer at the end is always still having to negotiate something. Right. You know, payment, waiting, yep. and that's lame because a lot of it starts with the producer. Like it, it's yeah. just the labels' processes aren't sophisticated enough. Exactly. Like I don't Some even, don't I don't, care. and I don't think they care yet. This it's not one of those things. You know, usually it's like somebody is not pushing a button internally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and that's why someone's not getting paid. Like it's <laughs> I really do. This is what I think. I really do think that proper legal representation is a huge okay. part of the answer, mm-hmm. in my opinion, because I think that there's enough upcoming producers who are willing to sign version 1.0 of the contract with no attorney and get paid $500 12 months from now. There's enough talented producers that are willing to do that, that are making it more difficult for guys like mm-hmm. us, right. people like us, to put our foot down. Right. And I think that's where the problem is. And so you're right. I think creating awareness is this whole thing. But then this also sparked an idea. And I don't correct me if this exists already, but what if there's like a website or a portal? Maybe you can work on this with Producer Grind. It, it sounds like, por- you're, what if it sounds like a, you're saying something that we're kind of already working on. Okay, a yeah. portal. To where, hey, I'm an upcoming producer. I have, uh, you know, finally my first major placement. They just emailed me the PDF of the contract. Before I load it up into DocuSign, let me upload it to this portal, create a mem- create a membership profile, and, and uh, uh, you know, give, give the contract. And then basically what you're doing is you're submitting... Uh, you the contract to this portal and then the portal at the portal there's attorneys that will look at it and they will say yes I'll represent this or they'll reject it you know just a place a standard place that they can go it's semi-union like right it's almost yes. like a grievance process yes. that's why it's like you know we've, we've been talking about a lot of people have been talking about the union but one of the things you know I'll credit Sonny for was when we were, we have conversations you know a lot of it stem with the relationship with the label right mm-hmm. Um, I, I always feel like you should get me involved as early as possible because I actually just know that admin person at Universal. Mm-hmm. So it's like uh, we could just fight over here, just, or yeah. I'll just send her an email and say she'll yeah. say send it. Here's the invoice, and then you know we'll we'll get paid. Mm-hmm. Um, 
because of your relationship because yeah. you're because of my relationship right. and there's enough people with relationships um who can start who can start streamlining streamlining these placements right. and, and create um but we need to you need the labels involved yeah. it's like it's yeah. this is a sit down with they got to see value in it mm-hmm. and the first one that like sees value in it is definitely gonna get a lot of positive press mm-hmm. so that's what i'm trying to like yo columbia like atlantic right. yo if you do this you'll be the first one and mm-hmm. you're, it's not like you're doing anything that's out of contract you usually owe these producers money uh you're bringing some transparency to the game mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you become a champion that's a legacy play for an executive mm-hmm. that's straight I, up. I think it's cut and dry yeah i mean like I, I think it's simple like yeah it's crazy legacy play aka the right thing to do that you should have been doing right. for the yeah. past 50 years but that's i think crazy. also you know, artists and producers should be filtering out entertainment lawyers themselves, not just trying to see what entertainment lawyers will want to help them with their contract. I want to know who have you worked with, right. what relationships you have, how much can you vouch for me? Yeah. You know, so I think it's really important for artists and producers to also kind of, you know, navigate the field and see who can help them the most. <laughs> I, w- yeah. I would say, too, it's like one of the things that producers and people, artists, that, you know, the misconception about entertainment lawyers, most of them is like that they're going to do more than just look over your paperwork. Mm-hmm. Right. Most of them, even are your favorite ones, are going to just look over your paperwork. Mm-hmm. So I always say, like, <laughs> I'm pretty out the house. And I also, I also go to sessions, you know, yeah. also send, uh, I'm always like, yo, send me your latest pack. Because you know, yeah. that A&R is like, hits me up and says, yo, you know, let's, let's do that. Yeah. So, you know, I've gotten my, my producer's placements. Yeah. Um, everyone wins. Right. Mm-hmm. Every, everyone wins. But you also have a bigger vision, I'm sure. It's not just about, yeah. like, being an entertainment lawyer and I'll be the mayor of Canada. Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah, you're not. Like, I'm not. Yeah, you're not. You're not. I won't be in music business that right. long. Like, you're not just like in the office. Yeah, but going that's what I'm over saying. Terms. You're not just like looking <laughs> over terms. You have a bigger vision when it comes to helping creatives, <clears> basically. Right. Even with like your music publishing test, I yeah. saw that you posted. Oh, you know how many people took that? So what's up with that? I took an exam. Yeah, tell us about that. I mean, I teach music publishing at Drexel, so I mean, I was like, why not just use an old final and like throw it up and let people sort of test knowledge i mm-hmm. mean simple as that like i didn't Love think it. anything you, of it you tweeted it first or Yo, i tweeted it, it maybe like uh five months ago mm-hmm. and just went crazy like i was like this is the weirdest thing ever. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you want to something but i don't want to even like i was i just thought that was weird because yeah. i know half these people have never took a test in their life yeah. or wanted to why take because a test. of the results or not even <laughs> the results are pretty good yeah okay. but I just why would you want to even take this yeah, yeah, yeah. but there's but like what do you mean why that because it's not interesting for most people <laughs> no but it also yeah. helps them realize where their kind of knowledge Absolutely. is and what yeah. they need to be skilled in for themselves and that goes back to contracts but that's right? a very yeah. logical answer like how many of these people and i'm not like saying just a producer i'm talking about like everyone in everyone the, yeah in the world yeah. almost mm-hmm. how many people are like yo i'm gonna like on my spare time i'm not gonna get any credit i'm not gonna get any anything from this except for betterment of myself but that's the answer right (laughs) there that's it's kind of like studying right it's like studying it's like doing research let me test my skills in this area to see what i need to improve myself on it's kind of like right now a lot of people might not do it because that's why you get an entertainment lawyer but if you threw up a contract like a you know a test where you put up a recording contract or a producer agreement and you ask questions in regards to okay if you're a producer and you read this contract do you understand these terms that might help people kind of but it's funny it's like i'm on on that border of the Though, like a lot of attorneys probably being upset because it's like it's a self-preserving universe right it's like mm-hmm. what are you doing 
Like, right. <laughs> we almost want people to be. No, I mean, you yeah, want, no, right, but yeah. obviously, <laughs> you. Want, but people still have to be knowledgeable because then you get into those situations where you sign a contract you don't even know what it says. It's you're not going to represent yourself, but you at least if you read it, you're knowledgeable enough to say, okay, this is what that means. Cool. You obviously still want an entertainment lawyer to handle the business because you're just a creative, right. but just kind of you know understanding. What things mean And the thing is too It's like You should We should all realize too It's like You get to a certain level Of your business It's like You're not handling At all Who the hell Want to handle it So you're going to It it isn't really Self-preserving Because you know I think it's more about Serving a community That's like That you're a part of And that's just That value add That I think we just People have to just Start attacking life with Like Mm -hmm. How can I bring value To this community Mm -hmm. Or it's like artists a lot of times. I'm like, yo, your music's not popping because right. it's like not serving anyone and not doing yeah. any, not doing anything yeah. for anybody. It's just like right. a, maybe a record that you hear once, you're like, oh, this is all right, next. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I'm sure there's a lot of music producers watching this now that would want to take that test and see Absolutely. whether, you know. I might take it down, to be honest. Why? It's like blowing my, it's like yeah, too, too much. much. Yeah. Too much. My right. website service, I don't even, I got to get like the bigger one. Yeah, you like have it, to upgrade. It crashed yeah. my Just service. start charging that's five bucks to take thing. the test. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't even want to, I don't, it's funny, I don't, that's where mm-hmm. I actually say I don't even want money. For yeah, me. exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, but that just goes to show you how many people are interested yeah. in that. You know it's, what it's, I mean? So that's not a bad thing. It, it's a funny. You got 300 students. It's a funny, it's a funny, and you know, and I'll start, I got everyone's email and stuff, so I'll start probably blurting stuff out yeah. uh, you know and you never know how many of those people will convert into clients yeah, but I'm telling you I'm not even in the client game because I don't want that many clients yeah like literally I can't <clears throat> service I'm not even a benefit to my clients if I'm like taking on too many like, yeah right. for mm-hmm. sure so exactly. like at this point I'm like super selective like yeah. um but I'm but like if it's a one off like someone's like yo look over this like producer agreement mm-hmm. uh with with like a major label yeah I'll help you out for like a small fee and right. we'll keep it pushing and you know you can come back if you have any other questions shit mm-hmm. and you might find a producer that you really fuck with their music and that could turn into something else I, well, so I know? do that more so another another thing is now is like I I'm only really working with people I'm like yo you this believe is in. Like, yeah. this is I got two producers in Philly who like one guy named Othello mm-hmm. who's like super hard and he he was one of those guys I invested like one of the reasons why I respect this kid heavy you know he was out in LA with me like two weeks ago um, and he rest in peace. He his his first big one was a was a was a pop smoke P and B placement. Mm-hmm. It's a song like me. Mm-hmm. Um, so and you know I kind of help facilitate for, for that with because uh, I know Stephen Victor very very well. Mm-hmm. Um, but like this kid was like invested like fourteen fifteen thousand dollars in ads and just got super popping on the YouTube right. And mm-hmm. but the fact that you invested one in your your business and yourself that much money. I was like, yo, so he, you're built for it. Yeah. What does he post on YouTube? Like type beats? Type beats. Yeah. Uh, does it on Facebook too? Uh, Instagram ads, Facebook ads. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, one, he, he was just making a lot of money on that end. And then two, it started picking up. And, you know, now we're sort of in a, in a phase of just starting to, all right, I think you need to start. One, take, use less samples. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <right>. <laughs> please. Please. Mm-hmm. Please use yeah. less samples <laughs> and start focusing on... You know, because a lot of people know you in the producer community, but start focusing on, you know, keep building actual sounds with artists. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. To me, to me, where the where the producer the producer game is going is, you know, it took time for a YouTube community to build the type beat producer to build the beat stars producers of the world. 
and then you know the industry producers uh but now it's sort of like well if you can do it all and we're sort of seeing that you can kind of do it all um is that something that you would maybe like you know the type of advice you would give to your clients is well if you want to do the youtube thing let's do that but let's also do the you know let's get some placements too what's your opinion on, on all i that? think producers are crazy for not being on youtube or yeah. not being on spotify or dropping their own beat lo-fi tapes mm-hmm. or stuff like that and i'm also tired of producers not putting their face up on their page i think it's like for yeah. branding purposes it's yes. like football you gotta players. show yourself you know it's like that the football actually yeah. kills me mm-hmm. yeah. like because yeah. i get a lot of producers that follow me obviously yeah um and you know I watch everything that's going on on my social media, you know, and Mm. I'm like, okay, who are you? Yeah. Who are you? And I get so many people that are like, let's collab. And one, come on, we know. It's It's like, I know know what your computer looks like. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Graphics. And I talked about that when I did a producer grind interview. I just think Mm -hmm. that like producers are like, you know, archaic in that sense. Like you have so many routes now, I think, to get money. Like yeah. a lot of routes. Yeah. And to brand yourself. And to brand yeah. yourself. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you, you can make a lot of money not even getting that many placements. Because placements, are, I'll be honest, unless you're getting hits, like publishing is a very hit driven business. Yeah, it is. You know, we look at the breakdown of, you know, income. A dollar is generated on Spotify, right? 30% goes to the DSP. 60% goes to uh, the major labels, about 59%. Uh, or the artists, whoever owns the music. The other 10% is publishing. Yeah. Like, that's the small nature. It's five to one. It's like, there's not that much music money in publishing unless you really make hits and you start getting radio play. Yep. And you could could talk to producers. Like, they'll have five little got it placements and, you know, they'll think they're like, this this ASCAP BMI check is going to be big. Mm -hmm. And it's like $300 or something, right? Yeah. So... You need more. Like yeah. I'm, you're almost. You gotta be like, yo. And the answer isn't always let me get more placements. Even though you, sh- you definitely want, definitely want to run that. You definitely want to run that. Sure. Out. But I'm also like, yo. I mean, other hit, avenues. You need to hit records. To, to hit the DJ yeah. It's, it's so interesting touring. because <laughs> when you hear the stories behind actual hit records, the the way that they came about was always just so unpredictable. Mm-hmm. So unpredicted, like. Just like even my man OZ, who's been killing it lately. Mm-hmm. Like I've been, know- <clears throat> I've been knowing about OZ since 2013. You know what I mean? And like he's just like from where is he from Germany? I think. Um, and so his come up is inspiring, and just mm-hmm. all of us is like there's always a unique story right. behind it. Like you yeah. can't, you can't um, uh, Instagram ad your way into a hit record necessarily, right? right. It can you could out of love. You could. You it, could. It, it Beat stars. Like, well, yeah. Trailer. Oh, yeah. I mean, because we've sure. seen yeah. stuff with um, YouTube, right, where mm-hmm. producers would get. Like, yeah. Exactly? I, I get a lot of producers who got who got their first uh, placement off of YouTube or, or right. um, in the pack game, <laughs> sending out packs, right? Yeah. Right. Um, I think people are sending out packs to the wrong people. Right. Like, I think people are sending them to, to artists directly. I think you need to be sending them to artists so, directly and then it. Then obviously the ARs and building that relationship with yeah. ARs, they do a lot of. I know a lot of ARs who do like mm-hmm. producer pull up sort of short yeah. sort mm-hmm. of things. You know, even New York City. Yep. So um, it's just about tapping into the underground. It's exactly. Like, yeah. And then yeah. 
diversifying your relationships too like don't mm -hmm. just focus on building with the artist yeah. like you said build with the A&R shit even entertainment lawyers right. like you that are kind of helping your clients oh, yeah. get placement right. so speak to the people that are around you that have access to other people in the music industry because you never know who could be the person that'll mm -hmm. be like yo I know so it could be you know your f engineer's friend that's like mm -hmm. oh shit you know mm -hmm. I know and Quavo and you gotta get fired. out of your crib bro like yep. yeah. you gotta get out of your crib like yeah. take that trip to LA tap in try I, yo yep. I always tell some people I'm like go to LA like book a studio for the weekend exactly and what all the artists right. that you were kind of yep. tapping in with yep. tell them to pull up like, I think exactly. a lot of people yep. that are like want to be the home bodies are people that just make beats and post them online and get money that way and don't care about right. Right. building mm. relationships because you know and I spoke about this at the panel earlier today relationships are important networking you know being outside speaking mm -hmm. to people yeah. right. having those interactions yeah. you know but there are a lot of people that are cool with just whatever money they make from home by selling their beats $50 yeah. a beat P people think you gotta be either or and for the most part I guess there hasn't been anyone who really started getting a lot of placements and still kept being at home, being on their YouTube hustle. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like, so I think there's this thing where like most producers are like, yo, I'm either a YouTube either producer or, yeah. or I'm a placement producer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, um, that's always interesting to me too. Cause I'm just like, yeah, I mean, you, what are you it's just letting all these beats <laughs> sitting on your your? Uh, it depends your on your vision yeah. too. Cause we've had that yeah. conversation mm -hmm. on the show before where there are people that just, want to be at home and selling beats they yeah. don't want to be at it's parties preference. they don't want to work with Drake they feel comfortable making $50,000 a year by I want to work with Drake <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'll I mean, take your packs you know, with me. yeah but yeah. you know some people just do it for fun they do it at home they got a family it pays the bills and they're not worried about hustling I mean I'm sure ideally they want to work with Drake they're yeah. like I'm cool with how I'm making my money they're not going to put effort it into it it depends on your vision really yeah. you yeah. know depends where you want to take it yeah I, I love where this producer community is going because you really can do everything mm -hmm. you know and I think it, it's it's taken for certain people to like break the barrier down and like prove that you can mm -hmm. <laughs> it, it's like the it's a it's a culture though for sure because mm -hmm. it's like I think we all know like the <laughs> like the the different players in the community like yeah. who have voices and it's right. like it's definitely a funny funny it's speech. hilarious yeah, it's all jokes no, but look, I do we, think yeah. we have a whole episode talking about that yeah. Yeah. but I do <laughs> anyway. think that also what's getting easier is the fact that people are having these conversations and you know the yeah. uncomfortable conversations and stating their opinion and yeah. kind of outing people saying I was in this unfair deal or you know I didn't get whatever I needed to get because that opens the doors for people to pay attention to the producer more you know I think the producer is getting way more light now than it was a couple years ago you know now people are kind of yeah, it takes time, but people are respecting the mm -hmm. producer. But, but it's like cyclical though, because I was talking to Toomp, like DJ Toomp, mm -hmm. and you know Toomp was like, "Bro, I was getting like everybody in that era, like in, in the early '90s, we was getting like 100k a beat." Yeah, yeah. yeah. like we was. I getting, do think, and that's something I was crazy. gonna say too. I think at that time, the producer was also really important, right? Mm -hmm. Back in the day, hip hop the, started with mm -hmm. the producer, right? right. Um, but then there was a time I feel where that kind of like just went away and it was just the artist the artist well, the artist because producers aren't branding themselves as like actual artists and musicians yep. they're sort of yep. just like I will just take this back part of the yeah. music process mm -hmm. or they're yep. not the star yeah. right because a lot of people look at the artist as you're the star you're the one Shit. that we're focused on and everything else is behind the scenes when the reality yeah. the producer is just as important yeah. like, there, there, there's <laughs> also exactly there's something to be said about like 
why certain artists would want to get in the studio with a producer and i think they base it off of like kind of what how you brand yourself mm-hmm. as a producer mm-hmm. you know sure. like like if if your instagram page is riddled with just like you Artwork. pointing your phone to a your speaker. computer yeah. and I don't really know much about you, mm-hmm. then like, you know, that it's can weird. turn some artists off, right? Yeah. Right. There yeah. I mean like you think of the past <clears throat> ten years, like Hit Boy, uh, Metro, uh, Murder, like there's been other producers who had consistent runs of oh, yeah. records, like, but where are they? Like right. you know, how come it's not featuring them or how come they're Spotify or they don't have any tapes? You know, you know, it's, I, I be dropping tapes with artists like all the time. I tweeted this and I didn't I think people kind of took it out of context. Like I said, it was easy. But, yo, I would be especially as soon as I, I would get it platform. I would be tapping in with whoever I think is one of the hotter indie artists because mm-hmm. that's way easier to clear. <clears throat> and I do like a joint tape and I would just mm-hmm. start building my Spotify out. Mm-hmm. Yep. And um, there's just so many different ways to mm-hmm. like. Right. There's so much money. Mm-hmm. There's so much it's, money. It's, yeah. it's funny because we always say, you know, especially as a producer, I wish I was a producer. I'm not. You know what I'm saying? Same. Uh, but I wish I was because if I was, there's so many different, different ways to, to create revenue. You know, like yeah. we were saying, you could put out the kits. You can DJ. You know, you can, uh, you know, obviously publishing, stuff like that. Uh, there's so many different uh, options. You can do your own events. You know right. what I mean? There's like right. so many. Di- you could sign these so young. Merch. You could sign these young producers. That's to, a whole to other you. topic, by the you way. You know what I'm we saying? Don't, we don't have to get into it today, yeah. but yeah. like, that's another thing that I deal with on the legal side. That's right. like, it reminds me of the the artist turned executive. Right. Right. And it's but it's always bad. It's business. always bad. Yeah. It's always yeah. bad. Yeah. So yeah. it's almost like, yeah, it's it's, it's tough. tough. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but I I think if you find young talent, if I'm if I'm a producer. And I see someone, some kid who's like super dope that has 200 <clears throat> followers who I think is like amazing. I'm going to definitely try to get him under me some way, yeah. shape or form. <laughs> but then, no, see, and then before it goes somebody back to gets, the, it, before somebody else gets to him, you know, and, and then it goes back to the Megan thing where it's like, well, you're now we're doing it again where we're picking someone with no leverage. And then, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So right. it's a slippery slope, right. you know? Right. No, but if again, but if you're helping this, like, you know, like we're saying, exactly, if I'm helping this person, I'm dumping six figures into this person. Exactly. When this person was sleeping on my couch. Right. Exactly. And now they're driving a Bentley. You know what I'm saying? Trust me, I, yeah. I mean, we all win. But I also, I also get the flip side of it where it's like. Like if I'm an upcoming artist and I didn't know better and I didn't have anybody look at my paperwork and I yeah. signed and then I, you know, then I signed with a bigger, you know, that deal goes, but I signed with a bigger, more established, uh, entry, you know, lawyer or whatever. And they look like, dude, you're getting yeah. screwed. We, <laughs> we got, we got to go fix that. Right. right. So you would want them to go fix that. You know what I'm saying? So there's, you know, the grass is always greener on it. Like you could see both sides of it depending yeah. on which side can't you're be, from. Can't you know take none of this really personal, man. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Business that's that's a big business. one. Yeah. That's a big one. Punch, Don't take it personally. I think Punch tweeted something earlier today where he said something like, look, the industry's basically kind of like the industry's the industry. Mm-hmm. You know, like they're going to be like snakes in the grass, mm-hmm. yeah. really. And, and that's it's always going to be like that. The music yeah. business isn't that much different than any other business, despite... Um, the way we sort of talk yeah, about said, the industry in a, in a way that's like, mm-hmm. right. oh, the industry is like that right. different. It's he, not. He tweeted, yeah. he said, I wonder if everyone knows that the modern music business is almost a hundred year old racket, is almost a hundred year old racket. Right. Even if you come into the business with an honest heart, the foundation is crooked, sort of like America. There have been great strides, but the origins are very much present. And that's true. Like no matter what you do, there's always going to be bad business uh, or bad people one way yeah. or the other. I was a corporate lawyer for a year before I got really at Bloomberg before mm-hmm. I kind of shifted wholeheartedly into music. And 
you know, it's big business for smaller vendors sometimes. And it's like mm-hmm. not, so who wins that, right? Right. We, it's not that different from any aspect of business. But, you know, you will win if you got more leverage. Yeah. <laughs> it's all about leverage. Yeah. Yeah. It's all someone's going to compromise again. Talking mm-hmm. about compromise. Um, Carl, what's, what's up next? Uh, is there anything um, coming up that you're working on that you're excited about? Um, nah, I'm that about you to can mention. <laughs> nah, I mean, more so, I'm kind of just like locked in on uh, the deals, you yeah. know, what I'm doing and stuff like that. You know, I have my class, and I'm probably going to do, um, you know, like I said, Philly's in the backyard, so we do a lot of with Drexel. You know, I did one last month, mm. this one, we're going to do uh, a women focused panel on Love sort it. of like alternative careers. Because like, I, you know, I've noticed there's like a lot people think of music business, they think of producer, artist, label, right. publishing company, but, you know, companies like Peloton have music divisions, right? You know, there's mm-hmm. a whole bunch of other alternative careers that that are pretty dope as well. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna have a panel on that. And then, um, then you know, me and producer guy, and, you know, we got some stuff coming up our sleeves. Love so, it. Uh, it's exciting times. I yeah. love it. I'm so All proud right. of you guys. I'm so proud of producer grind. Yeah, I love those guys, man. Like it's they. You guys have built an audience. Yeah, and now Dylan's a goat, man. He's yeah, and, and now and now you can use that influence to start. Yeah, giving back to the community. I yeah, love. I mean they're at that point where uh, you know they they kind of have that that influence, and you know you know I just kind of been helping them sort of, you know we've been brainstorming just like how do you how do you just you know make this bigger for for yeah. the community and. uh and they're doing it. Those are those guys are great. Yep. Yeah, love it. Um, all right. Well, Carl, man, thank yeah. you, thank you for all the information, man. Sure. Um, really, really amazing, amazing convo. Um, where can they find you on social media if they want to uh, ESQ folks F O W L K E S, and uh, that's across like all platforms. But uh, I think I'm about to like chill out for a little bit on social yeah you were just talking about that you've been saying a lot or what not even that because like you just want to get away from it this shit is just draining I don't think I say enough like the amount of tweets in my draft Mm -hmm. that are like like, the amount of shit that you really want to say and Uh and I'm 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 noticing I'm getting to that point where I'm like being democratic about Mm -hmm. what I'm saying I'm like bro I don't help nobody so I'm gonna chill for a little bit it's good to get off the gram you know it's, it's, and Twitter yeah. too, because sometimes when you get those tweets, oh, off, forget man. it. Yeah. You just gotta mute people. Yeah, yeah. You, you know? I muted so you many just, people. Just I did a cleanse last good. night. Yeah, I did, yeah, I did a good. cleanse last I night. I definitely did a cleanse a couple months ago. Yeah, yeah I did a cleanse. You did a couple people. Exactly. I do it daily. I do it daily. Like as as I'm looking, if I look and I feel a certain way, uh, you're muted. Yeah, literally. I do. I swear to God, I do the same thing. I do the same. I'm tired of you. You're muted. That's a great idea. And I mute certain words too that I just you can mute words. You can mute words. I didn't know that. Like negative, negative. Like Like what word? Yeah. What? I gotta check. Just I think there were just certain things trending on Twitter. I'm like muted. Yeah. Twitter just announced they're about to roll out temporary tweets. Please don't. Did you hear about that? Really? Yeah. So if you tweet, it'll be gone in 24 hours. It's stories. Oh, not tweets on. I think stories. stories I don't know if it was tweets or stories I think it was stories something. I'm like we don't really? need that I, I've Twitter, heard there's please. an edit I heard there's an edit thing in the, in the process too about editing yeah. tweets I think what they should do so is allow you one edit 
<laughs> oh, that one. I swear to God. Yeah. That's that a great sense. idea because that could change the, the whole thing. Yeah, it'll change the whole app. Change that one word will change the whole app. No, but you can, no, but you can delete the tweet. So it's nah, the same thing. Right I think there are times where you post a fire tweet and you realize that there was a typo. Ah, that's the worst. Stuff like that. Fuck that. Bring that shit back to 140, bro. It is 140. Or whatever it was before. What was it? It was more? No, it was less. It was less. Bring that shit back to 90. Let's see how this shit really cracks. I think 140 is perfect. Yeah. All right. Clap it up, man, for Carl. Thank you so much, brother. Appreciate you, dogs. Till next time, man. We out. Peace. Peace.